This is the True To You podcast, your very own work bestie. Each week we come together for honest conversations about reinventing yourself and your career, all while navigating a path towards meaningful work. I'm your host, Ruby Marsh. Let's do this. Welcome to episode 46 of the True To You podcast. My guest today is a personal friend of mine. It's always exciting when I get to interview another woman that I know personally. If you have any amazing women in your life that have undertaken a big career transition, have started a business, let me know, let me know. And if you are one of those women and you would love to be on the podcast, send me an email, send me a DM on Instagram. I'm always open to ideas. So Clancy Allen is the mother of a spirited four-year-old boy and she's worked as a doula since 2017, attending home births, birth center births and hospital births. Now, her big career transformation was going from a civil litigation lawyer to becoming a birth doula. Uh, she also undertook studies in prenatal yoga. She's a birthing from within mentor and she studied and practiced kinesiology. So you can imagine she fuses all of these things, even her past career as a lawyer definitely brings out a side of her that you will hear uh, in terms of her passion and uh, understanding more about what it means to create a powerful birthing experience for women. And in particular, what I loved about this conversation is that we dive a lot into these transitions that women go through in their life, and this can be personal, this can be physical, career, relational, we go through all sorts of transitions in our life, right? And through those transitions, we undertake a transformation. And in particular, Clancy's domain in the birthing world is about this continuum of the childbearing phases. So she looks at preconception, pregnancy, birth, and then motherhood. And what each of these stages and phases can mean for women in terms of the transformation that they undertake. She currently offers birth mentoring, uh, postnatal doula support, mothering the mother ceremonies, and on the 4th of, yo- oh, 4th of yoga, 4th of June, she's offering yoga for empowered birth. I got a little bit excited there, but I'm very excited for this woman because I know she's been working hard on bringing you this course. So if you are expecting, then pop on over to Clancy's Instagram or her website after you've listened to this and check out her Yoga for Empowered Birth course. I hope you enjoyed this wide-ranging conversation that goes from birth to visibility as a female in business to uh, sharing your honest truth to the evolution of your products and services over the years in business and balancing priorities, goals and your different circumstances. How do you do it when you are mothering a child, when you're also a partner and all of these other things? You're going to love, love, love this conversation 
Let's get on with it. Episode 46 with Clancy Allen. Hold up, sister. Before we get into today's episode, let's take a short break to hear from one of our sponsors. Uh, Hang on a second. I'm sponsoring my own show because I'm a businesswoman too and... Well, I've got something you might need. My bet is if you're loving the conversations we have on the True To You podcast, you're either in business or making plans to start your own thing. And what's the one thing stopping you from starting? Paralysis by analysis. Too many freaking ideas, too many passions, all the things. So how would it feel if you could reduce that endless list into the best business idea for you? Well, funny that, because I have a free five-step guide that will help you answer exactly that question. I promise you, if you're overwhelmed by too many choices, the best thing you can do is ask a few simple strategic questions to find the best one that suits your goals and your needs. To get your hands on this free step-by-step guide, head to rubymarsh.com. That is rubymarsh.com and enter your details to get it now. Don't wait any longer. Start creating today. Welcome to the Trudy podcast, Clancy. It's lovely to be here with you today. Yes, thanks for having me, Rubes. Happy to be here. (laughs) Uh, Now, Clancy and I uh, have been friends for a while. We know each other through the wellness industry and things and I've come to know Clancy in her work as a doula but for those of you not for myself by the way guys (laughs) but for other people and just the circles that we go in so don't get any ideas Uh, before we go into deep into your interview and, and into the questions that I have for today For anyone that doesn't know what a doula does or what they are, can you tell us a little bit about what you do as a doula? Yeah, sure thing. Yeah, so uh, a doula is basically an emotional support person for the pregnant and birthing woman and her partner. So a doula can start working with a woman at any stage of her pregnancy so sometimes I've had women contact me when they're six weeks pregnant and sometimes it's when they're 36 weeks pregnant Uh, usually it's somewhere in between the middle sort of time and there is generally time spent with that couple getting to know them building rapport educating them about birth and the normal physiology of birth and finding out what they want for their birth and their baby and helping them to achieve that and upskilling the partner so that he's able to provide good support and helping them work through any fears all those sorts of things that are necessary to be prepared for birth which is a huge transformational rite of passage that yeah changes us it's so intense so there's a lot of preparation that can be done and yeah the journey with each couple is always quite unique and exciting and different yeah Yeah, I bet it is I bet it is Um, yes I imagine that that birth is one of those things that it's like this transition of 
of leaving part of ourselves behind and stepping into this new part. But with that, with any transformation that we make in our life, uh, it always brings up a lot of subconscious stuff as well. So I imagine you work with a lot of those um, beliefs and fears and hopes and dreams that they have for their birth and, and things like that as well, which must be really powerful and full credit to you for the work that you do because it's such a, a needed space in our culture uh, and especially in a western culture we don't place a lot of attention on those months and then into the birth in in quite the same way that other cultures might uh, so I think what you're doing the more women that step into this work and shine a light on how powerful this experience is it's going to help us in, in in the rest of our lives I imagine post uh birth and as we're raising children because I and having a conversation with you before this you know you were saying that the birth is such an influential part on on the rest of our life and uh so I think it, it, it like you said to me when we were talking before we got on the call that it's really about helping women step into their power and owning their power and knowing what that is like to tap into yeah so beautiful beautiful work now you weren't always a doula this is not the thing that you set out to be at 18 years old when you were choosing your path what did you do before you were in in this space and what is that yeah tell me about that journey give us a little bit of context and background to how how you've got to be where you are today yeah no problem I left school and applied for uni and I had a relatively high HSC mark whatever it's called now and so I chose to do a law and science degree and I was going to be a lawyer because I was ticking all these boxes that I thought were really important to fulfill. I thought that having some sort of prestigious career that earned good money uh, was going to make me really fulfilled and satisfied. I had an inkling while I was studying that maybe this wasn't the right path, but I pushed through. I'm really good at just persevering and pushing through and using that masculine energy to just do something even if it felt off at an instinctive intuitive level and I finished my degree I actually ended up switching from science to an arts degree so finished with that worked as a lawyer for five or six years and started realizing probably about halfway through that journey maybe year two or three of my career as a lawyer that this probably wasn't going to make me happy I didn't feel fulfilled yes I was earning good money but could I see myself doing this for the rest of my life no I couldn't so I started to formulate an exit strategy I guess and it, which was quite scary because I didn't actually know what I wanted to do when I left 
I just knew that I needed to leave and I just felt in my bones and instinctively that I had to trust that what I was meant to do would come to me. So I left, I went traveling for six months. I came back. I still had no idea what I wanted to do. So of course I went back to the law for about a year just to make sure, (laughs) just to really make sure it wasn't what I was meant to be doing. And it really confirmed that it wasn't what I was meant to be doing. So that, that was good. I don't have any regrets about doing that. It wasn't a waste of time. It really, yeah, let, made me realize that it wasn't what I should be doing. And when I finally broke free of those what do they call them? Golden handcuffs or something or um, yeah, corporate handcuffs. I started exploring and thinking and did a yoga teacher training, did a couple of yoga teacher trainings, but sort of thought, I don't think I really want to be a yoga teacher full time. So was still in this in-between place of really not knowing, but trusting that it would be okay and following my curiosities like breadcrumbs Mm -hmm. I uh, I had a like an in-between job as well up in Jabiru where we were living which is in Kakadu in the Northern Territory so we were kind of having this whole life experience as well my partner and I and while I was having that I felt like the pressure was off for me to have the next thing which was great to have that sense of spaciousness about landing in this next place that I was wanting to land and I wanted to find the thing that I was passionate about and have it not feel like work to be wanting to show up to that thing every day and then I fell pregnant which was a surprise because it happened so instantaneously almost after trying and as I started learning more and educating myself about this I kind of started to think I really like this this is so interesting and I feel like I want to do something maybe I want to be a doula I heard about a doula as well and that was something I'd never heard of before being pregnant but the seed was planted then when I was pregnant and I heard about this doula thing and I thought that would be really interesting. So I ended up having my own doula for my son's birth and after he was born, that interest did not dwindle and I thought during my pregnancy It's probably just a phase. I was sort of pushing it down, even though it was interesting me and it'll go away after I've had my baby. But I was still reading birth books after he was born and learning everything I can. And I was like, oh, this isn't going away. And he's nine months old now. And I think I should start looking for a doula certification training program. So I did. And I went off to that. And a week later, I had my first doula client. And it just flowed from there. It just, it just felt right. Um, I forgot to mention while I was pregnant, I was also studying kinesiology. So I did my 
um, certificate four in that and was using that um, with a lot of my doula clients as well and found that to be really profound. So all these things that I'd learnt, these other skills have now come into play because the yoga teacher trainings I now use, I teach prenatal yoga and I'm only interested in yoga for pregnant women at this stage. So it was like, wow, all those threads of all those things that I had been doing on the path to finally finding the birth um, path were still part of it and is still part of it now. And yeah, it's just been such a, an exciting, interesting journey to go from that world of law, which is incredibly masculine and linear and the epitome of, um, I guess, institutions and structure and all that and birth and the way I see birth at least is the opposite of that. It's yeah, so multidimensional and transformational. It's feminine. It's, yeah, it's women in power and it's not linear. It's the opposite of that. So it's so interesting to see that difference. Yeah, yeah. I'm interested to know. So this journey's been, how old is Louis now? He's He's four. Yeah, so I was pregnant in 2015. So yeah, five years ago. Yeah, yeah. So this has been a five-year journey, and it's really funny when we look back and at the time when we're leaving uh, our careers, and both of us were in professional careers. So as you're speaking and talking me through the early parts of this change, I. I'm just like, oh, this woman speaks to my heart. I, I know exactly how that felt to just not quite fit. Like, and you, but you couldn't place your finger on it, but there was something about it that wasn't the right fit for you at that time. And who's to say that different circumstances that you couldn't make it work, but for you, that was the decision that you landed on. And then now, five years later, you are where you are, but at the time you're so uncomfortable that you just want the right thing right then. <laughs> like what's the right thing that I can go to tomorrow so that I can leave and then be in it and happy days. <laughs> and it, it's so interesting that it doesn't often turn out like that. And even when I work with women in career transitions and now this has moved more into transitioning through a small business, uh, that is just a small part of the whole journey. But I would love to know from you, when you became immersed in the, the birthing world and in particular the, the role of a doula, did something just land with you that you hadn't previously felt with all of those other things that you tried? Was it the fact that you were so deeply curious that you couldn't put these books down that suddenly had you go oh, there's something there's something here in this yeah can you can you share anything on that 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 you felt maybe viscerally that you felt in your body that maybe you felt I mean I'm gonna go there but you felt deep in that like womb part of your body where we often ignore especially if you're in very 
um, patriarchal or linear or masculine systems, you're often very disconnected from the fact that that's a part of you that you can listen to, (laughs) make decisions from. So, yeah, share with me a little bit about your experience around that. Yeah, I think when I fell pregnant, the magic of that transformation just in the pregnancy itself and you're really in an in-between place during pregnancy as well and they call it a liminal place it's the you know you're sort of on a threshold you're 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 preparing for a heroic journey and uh really like the childbearing years are a continuum and we've got you know for some women it starts in that preconception fertility time and then there's the pregnancy and then there's the birth and then there's motherhood and it's all on a continuum and it it all has the potential to change us at a cellular level at a spiritual level a physical level like obviously you know our body changes dramatically to grow a whole human being inside of us and I think there was just this level of awe and curiosity and fascination with all that and a real um, interest in the spiritual aspects of birth and pregnancy and motherhood and all of it, particularly birth though, and how it shapes us to become the mothers we want to become and looking at it as an exciting opportunity, not something to be fearful of, which I know there is a big collective fear around birth out there. And of course, I'm not immune to that. I I felt that in my pregnancy, but I was also so open to the huge, deep, meaningful parts that it could bring to us and illuminate for us as human beings and women. And it's just, you know, men don't get to do this. We get to do this. We can create life if we choose to. And yeah, I think it was just all of it. It's hard to sort of say, you know, if there was one thing, it was just a feeling. And I think, yeah, in within my own family lineage, I had a great, great grandmother who was a midwife and used to ride around on her horse and cart. And yeah, it feels like there's something um, in my lineage that drew me to this as well and perhaps it was it was some sort of red thread from her I don't know um, yeah I just think the mystery of birth and the opportunity to grow from every experience on that continuum just just I don't know it does something to me that um, nothing else brings me that sort of passion and joy and excitement to think about yeah yeah and I can tell that uh, once you start talking about it we're recording this as a video but obviously for those that are listening they're just hearing the audio but you can see Clancy's 
whole demeanor change and she's very relaxed in this space of talking about being a doula in her work. And something that I also always admire about you, Clancy, is that you're, uh, I wouldn't say really vocal and outspoken. You're not like necessarily on the front lines, but you're very brave in terms of what you share uh, because as we talked about earlier, birth is one of those experiences that hasn't been given a lot of light uh, or has been shown in a certain light and shown and women shown in a certain light, but you're looking to kind of pull back the veil, I guess, and pull back uh, and, and really show us what is possible and really have women step into the power. But sometimes that means saying things that not everyone's going to agree with. How, how do you uh, navigate that stepping into your own power by saying the things that need to be said and that level of visibility that you need to have to to do that because it, you you know if anyone knows about uh putting yourself out there through content that you create whether that be on social media whether it be through podcasts or whatever mediums you step into suddenly it does open you up uh, you're visible you're vulnerable and yet you seem to do it in such a way that it's also very respectful of the women that that come into your life uh yeah tell us about how that's been for you and uh perhaps it's maybe a little bit coming from your law days as well and mm. uh that conviction in your words I think you've probably always had conviction in your words I would love to know what you were like as a young lady <laughs> um, but I get a <laughs> I get a sense that you're a strong strong-willed woman and and what it's like as a modern woman as a modern career woman with a business to show up in these mediums and speak the truth yeah mm. through my own experience with pregnancy and birth and then through supporting couples through their experiences and their journeys which uh, predominantly have been through the hospital system so you know the the main medical paradigm that we have that 98 percent of women are birthing in with what i've seen and my own experiences i guess i feel like i have I don't know if it's a duty, but I need to share things truthfully to be in my own integrity and to feel authentic. And sometimes the truth can seem a bit scary, I guess, to some people because the system that women are birthing in can be abusive it can be unsupportive it's not holistic it doesn't honor and nourish these other aspects of birth that are so fundamental to holding and supporting a woman and having that space for her to move through her journey in a way that is honoring and respectful and holistic and so because the system 
can't provide that and is, you know, I guess built on structures of power and hierarchy and medicine and comes at birth from a risk management perspective where birth is seen as a medical event. I feel like women deserve to know those things and to know uh, that's what that system represents because most women are going to birth in that system. So if they understand that, then they can make choices about how they engage with it, uh, how they birth, where they birth, who they choose to birth with, and they can start to do their own inner work around how they engage with that system, which is a system of authority and the expert complex. And I feel that as a society, most of us have been conditioned and programmed to hand our power over to the expert, to, you know, medical professionals in particular in relation to our health and seek the answers outside of ourselves rather than um, have that locus within us as being the expert of our own body and our own experiences. And birth and pregnancy really highlights that, I think. And for women who are willing to explore their relationship to that, um, I guess, external expert complex that we have or the medical expert complex, then, um, yeah, there's a lot there for them in terms of things outside of the system with um, the work that I do, for example, but they probably won't find that in the system. The system is based on the industrial complex. It's like a, you know, factory conveyor belt type thing um, hospitals and particularly private hospitals are for profit <clears throat> so it's a business at the end of the day and yeah a business and it's got that risk perspective and there's all those power structures interwoven in there and there's very little true woman-centered care from that system so I think a lot of women are walking through that system feeling unseen, unheard, like a number, um, unsupported, and like there's something really missing, like some deep feminine thread that's missing and uh, they might not be able to put their finger on it or name it and they're missing the true authentic midwife who knows them and knows their family and knows their history and wants to know how they are emotionally and how they're feeling and what their relationship dynamics are like at home and what their relationship is to this growing baby and yeah all that sort of beautiful holistic um, care is is typically lacking so if you find it in the system yeah it's rare and I mean continuity of care which is having the same midwife throughout your whole journey 
only happens for 8% of women. And that's one of the main uh, indicators of having a good birth outcome is having that one familiar wise woman who really supports you in an authentic way. I guess the first time you started sharing some of this stuff, were you, were you so rooted in your words that, that you weren't worried about what people thought? I mean, I think, I think it doesn't matter that sometimes the extremity of what you're saying, we all struggle with worrying about being judged but I guess when you are putting yourself out on a limb and despite the fact that you knew I have to share these things because I have to make women aware and did you yeah did you find how was that like how was that initially for you yeah I do find myself sometimes thinking should I share this or can I share this in a way that I guess I've got the pregnant woman in my mind being my, you know, the person that I'm speaking to and not wanting to terrify her with what I'm sharing, but also not wanting to uh, wrap her in cotton wool and protect her from the truth because she deserves to know it so I guess it's how I share it and the words I use and um, being mindful and intentional around what is said and how it's shared would be how I approach sensitive things that might otherwise come across as yeah I just want to be real I suppose. And do you find that with that approach you you have that woman in mind and with your work, you're not trying to appeal to every pregnant woman on the planet because that would be virtually impossible. But I guess when you have your woman in mind that you want to help, do you find that through being honest and open, but in, in the way that you do it, you attract the type of clients that, that you love to work with? Would you say that, that really leaning into that has actually brought you the people that are open-minded and need that voice and are open to what you have to say and, and women that you really want to partner with? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think when you're in, you know, like that sort of energy attracts the same energy and being really clear about what's important to me in terms of uh, birth and birth preparation and what birth is about does make it clear to pregnant women what I'm about. And yeah, I'm absolutely not for everyone. Uh, I'm not, I guess, a hand holding doula who wants to, yeah, who's just going to hold your hand through the process my objective when I'm working with women prenatally before their birth is to really go deep into the things that are all like the inner thing the inner journey really is what it's about and what their background is what their beliefs are what their conditioning is uh, what their 
dark skeletons in in the closet are and what their imprint even from their own birth experience is and what uh, you know what the agreements are that they've made in life as a child usually to um to get by so often when we're young like before the age of seven we make rules about what we need to do to to survive in the world to get love to get approval you know we don't say things like that or we don't do this we don't do that and as women we're particularly conditioned to be compliant Mm -hmm. and obedient and that system thrives on us being that way so pregnancy is a really good time for me to talk to women about their good girl and for women to start thinking about how they stand up for themselves or how they don't or how they engage with their care provider in the system or how they don't, you know, whether they're able to to have boundaries, you know, back at that stage during their pregnancy and have difficult discussions with them. So they're the sorts of conversations and the places that I like to go with people to get ready for birth, in addition to all the birth stuff. But those are the more powerful points to explore because those are the things that are unconscious that go back to when we were young children usually that are now still driving our behaviours in many ways that can come up in birth. And it's like that statement, how we birth is how we live. And I think it's sort of like how you do one thing is how you do everything or anything. It's a coaching statement, isn't it? Rubes, I'm sure. And it's, yeah, things can come up in birth that have been, I guess, um, things you've done your whole life or, or patterns that you've lived out that may not serve you. And if you haven't dug into them and exposed them and explored them and questioned them and challenged them during your pregnancy, they can come up in birth for sure. So that's where I love going with the mentoring work that I'm sort of getting into and pivoting more towards and less away from the actual attending births. Yeah, let's let's dive a little bit into that. That's a perfect uh, place for us to go a little bit into your business and even your work as a doula, how that has evolved over the last couple of years. I mean, you've you've been doing this work for four years now. Yeah, uh, maybe a little bit more, but. I know in the last year or so in the conversations that we've had and most recently uh, world events have also meant that you haven't been able to attend births, but you're, you're the way that you've shaped and molded your offerings. I think what's really great to talk about is how you can sometimes start out in business thinking that this is what you're going to do. And sometimes it's a little bit of an experiment. Sometimes you believe this is the thing you're going to do for the next 20 years. And then you get, you grow and change as well with, with this process and you get a little bit more confident. 
what's was the iterations of your business and your offerings looked like over the years and and where have you landed now with what you want to offer women hmm yeah so I guess when I started four years ago I was super keen just to go to all the births that I could go to and yeah it, it was so exciting you know you're on call you get called out and every birth is different and there's the adrenaline and then all the oxytocin in the room and yeah it can be a real rush and I really enjoyed uh, those yeah first couple of years and um, yeah it was just such a epic time of growth and learning how to hold the space in in the birth room and learning so much more about birth itself and the system and as I progressed further I saw how the how the time that I spent with parents before the birth uh, was really crucial and what we did in that time was really really fundamental to how they moved through their birth dance together and you know I saw some births sort of not go as great as we'd hoped because of maybe things that hadn't um occurred the way they should have in that prenatal time so there's lots of lessons for me and I did some more training so I've I've nearly finished my birthing from within certification as a childbirth mentor and educator and I went down that pathway with them because their philosophy about birth totally aligns with mine and it was the missing thing that I didn't know I needed for my own birth preparation with my son until I found it after I was like ah oh, this was the thing that I needed that I didn't know I needed but I can see this is like yeah this is the framework that would have been so incredible to have um to have moved through and, and had when I was preparing for his birth so yeah that's really all about looking at birth as this holistic journey and a process of initiation a heroic journey where we go to the underworld and sometimes we have to claw our way back out and acknowledging the depth and the intensity of that and what we have to do sometimes on our journey we have to do these really hard things and for some women that might be a really challenging fertility struggle that might be her heroic journey or her um, trip down to the underworld and clawing her way back out for another woman it might be a really challenging pregnancy where she's unwell and is overwhelmed with everything that comes with feeling super unwell another woman it might be a challenging birth someone else it could be a huge breastfeeding struggle so we all have these challenges on this continuum and this provides a map for moving through that in a way that all the other birth prep stuff I'd done hadn't. So <clears throat> it uses metaphor and storytelling and mythology and 
um, symbols and just incredible uh, things that are in the collective uh, consciousness to help us anchor into this experience as something so much deeper than a medical event and that's what I love you know it's not about just assimilating all this obstetric information so that you become a paraprofessional it's about peeling back the layers and getting to know who you really are and going to the depths of that to get ready for your journey to the underworld and so I found what I was looking for in that and that's just a little taste of what that framework offers there's so many unique ways that I can work with parents within that framework and different practices and things um, so yeah I just love that approach and I bring that into my work now with parents and women and I guess I'm pivoting more towards doing birth coaching using that framework and being a mentor for parents so that they can step into their birth process feeling like they don't need me there to support mm -hmm. them as a doula so I'm stepping back from attending births for that reason because I think when women really source their power from within and they know that they've got it regardless of my presence or not that's really powerful and in full integrity they're not trying to source their power from me as a doula externally and I think that's where it's at for me in terms of supporting supporting families to to be ready to do it without me and doulas uh, can make a huge difference to holding the space and supporting the woman and her partner but within the system uh, I think there's a bit of a misconception that we can be a bodyguard and be a protector and be a savior and be a hero and it really depends on the individual as to whether they're projecting those things onto a doula of course and for a a woman who's fully embodied in her own power and in integrity with that she won't do that she won't project those things onto her doula because she knows she has that within her so for me they're the women that I want to work with and who I might say yes I can be your doula I feel that you've got that full embodied sense of power within and I can walk with you in your birth experience uh, but otherwise, I'm mostly focusing on this mentoring and offering workshops with couples as soon as this COVID business is over. So I was about to start offering face-to-face -face workshops with couples. I had them scheduled for May and June, and then this all happened. And I don't want to do them online because I want the group dynamic in person. I want it to have that really human feel. And a lot of the practices that I'll be doing in these workshops are quite embodied. And I want people to have that feedback together in the same room from the other humans in the room. So I've sort of put that boundary in place. I was umming and ahhing, do I do them online? But I think, no, I'm gonna wait till this situation has 
disappeared and I can offer these birthwise workshops with this framework that I adore and work with women one-on-one, -on -one, which I'm doing now in this mentoring role and attend the occasional birth that feels really aligned for both the woman and myself. And, but otherwise, yes, I am just stepping back from that a little bit. Um, and that feels really good for me and authentic and aligned it's the right place for me to be moving towards beautiful beautiful and just to tack on to that mm. i am still offering postnatal doula packages so i'm i'm still doing that i'm working with someone who's about to birth very soon so yeah loving mamas after they've given birth and nourishing them as a doula just in the home postnatally is something I definitely love doing and still offer that as a standalone thing so yes and my yoga prenatal yoga courses are run a few times a year although obviously not right now so I'm filming at the moment which is fun and interesting and frustrating <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh this this whole uh change in terms of the way we work has forced many of us to become adaptable quickly and to uh, put ourselves in situations like being in front of a video camera that we otherwise wouldn't choose to do so i think it's been great in that sense and that i've definitely noticed collectively that the women i've worked with either working with them now or in the past if they've been able to step up their confidence has actually grown through this because they uh, can't do anything else but give it a go yeah. <laughs> for some of the women I work with they have businesses and health and fitness and that's like that's their only option to keep their business going and to provide for their members so I think there is some beautiful things that have come out of this and especially as women uh, these sorts of times allow us to rise up through and uh, it's going to be very interesting over the next few years if we can continue that momentum so mm. yeah yeah silver linings everywhere it's definitely accelerated that and that was always something in the pipeline this online yoga course I was honestly waiting until I was pregnant because I was like yes I'll film it when I'm pregnant and it'll be perfect and you know perfect the old perfectionist uh, yeah. coming out but yeah no it's just going ahead now imperfectly not pregnant and <laughs> just yeah. happening so that's yeah it's good that it's accelerated those things it's, it's just out of comfort zones I'm interested to know is perfectionism because I've had a few conversations around this and even a podcast interview where I was being interviewed today the the question around perfectionism came up mm -hmm. is that something that you have struck struggled with I don't know if it's a struggle that we that we really uh, owe ourselves <laughs> but is it something that that you've had to push through especially uh, I don't know if you find this but when you're working for yourself you don't have your marketing team you don't have a finance team you're you're it so 
you kind of have to leave perfectionism at the door at a certain point, otherwise things aren't going to happen. What tell, talk to me about your journey with perfectionism? Ah, <laughs> oh, yes, I I've just really noticed it today because yeah, I've started filming today. I did a, a few little bodgy attempts a couple of weeks ago and um was really procrastinating and I think it was more the perfectionist that was procrastinating and it took my partner saying to me come on like we're going I'm going to help you get this camera set up because I was like oh the camera I just can't get it to work I can't get it to do the things and whatever um but yes I've filmed a couple of things today and I'm just noticing like playing them back how critical I'm being and how my perfectionist has slowed me down with the project to this point mm. and yeah it's really sneaky the perfectionist I think um like even probably in relation to preparing for my first birth I thought that if I did all the right things the right way that I'd get the birth that I wanted <laughs> and it was very naive and magical thinking and yeah I think that even comes back to that perfectionist of thinking I if I just do the right things the right way then I should get that result <laughs> but it doesn't always happen like that and I think you're right we do have to just let go of it or nothing gets done and that's where I've sort of been in this space of the last couple of weeks procrastinating and it not getting done because of that um, and I'm also painting again at the moment so I'm doing some art and I've, I notice it then as well when I'm painting that just wants to get it right all the time and like it has to be right immediately like I have a very impatient perfectionist. <laughs> so right, right now, there's not, and anyway, it's funny, but I think, yeah, it's, it's helpful to have awareness around those things, but yeah, it is sneaky, I find. It is very, very sneaky. Okay, so my last question for you is around navigating this journey with motherhood and having your own business, which Wow, you're quite incredible. You started this business literally months after your, how old was your son when you first got trained in doula? Did you say nine months? He was uh, He was a little bit older by the time it rolled around. Uh, so he would have been 14 months. So yeah, it was a year, just over a year. <laughs> yeah yeah I was still breastfeeding yeah yeah <laughs> took and him with me to the training well not to the training but like made my partner and him come to the training the face-to-face -face training in Byron Bay and bring him in for feeds and yeah it was a full like okay if I'm committing to this we're all committing because he's still feeding and you'll have to come and we're all going <laughs> yeah talk to me about the balance of motherhood you're you're clearly a driven woman you clearly want to have your business and pursue something for yourself in life and I couldn't imagine it it would be easy to take that away from you <laughs> uh, talk to me about how you have navigated the balance of 
being a mother to your son, showing up for your partner, but then also being able to continue this work and build this business and build up a good client base uh, as, as those things have, as you've, as you've had to navigate that change from him being uh, an infant into now, you know, four-year-old, and that looks completely different for you. Yeah, what, what has been your priorities and your values and how you've been able to insert this business on to, onto, into all of that? Hmm. Yeah, it's been a an interesting time it's for me to be able to manage all the things and to have been able to have been able to start this business I guess and build it up I have had to acknowledge I need help and be vulnerable in asking for help and for support which I think for many mothers, or for me at least, not to project my experience, but I think it's a common thing from what I understand. Sometimes the hardest thing to do can be to say I need some help or to ask for help um, because we want to be able to do it all and there's this unhealthy projection from society I think that you know you need to be the the perfect mother and that means being there for your children all the time and you know making sure that they're uh, you know emotionally healthy and emotionally intelligent and provided for and all these things as well as yeah you need to have you know the business and have it together and all that other stuff as well and sometimes you know motherhood in itself is a 24 7 like doesn't stop job essentially so calling in the support is the only way I've been able to do it and that's come from my partner god bless him um and also uh, we have an au pair at the moment so honoring that you know I can't he needs you know he needs someone to be with him and have attention on him and I can't I don't want to sit him in front of the telly while I work in on my business so it's getting the support that you need for your family whatever that looks like and I think that's been really hard for people right now with this whole global situation so yeah my heart really is with all the mothers right now who have had their children with them all the time and are still trying to do all the things and run their own businesses and run the household and be the CEO of everything in their little sphere. It's a lot. And yeah, support is fundamental. It really does take a village and yeah, now I'm just going off on a big rant about like society not supporting mothers and living in nuclear families and how, you know, antithetical that is to a child's healthy upbringing uh, because we're not meant to isolate we're not meant to mother in isolation mm -hmm. so and it, it's 
it's difficult. Like I really did that probably for the first year of Louis's life. We were up in Darwin, didn't have family around and he was with me 24 seven, but I have a partner who's supportive and could take a little bit of extra time off work. So yeah, it's a, it's a juggle and it can be a struggle. Good support like is yeah so important and for me doing something outside of being a mum is crucial to my mental health Mm -hmm. so honoring that and acknowledging that as well and I've had guilt around that sometimes you know I feel like why can't it just be enough for me to you know be a mum and for me I just need something else in addition to that to feel whole of course I love being a mum and that's everything but my yeah my career I guess if you want to call it a career it sounds like a weird word to put with what I do now my passion you know is what fuels me as well and there has to be some balance there or I feel um ungrounded and um not whole yeah there's a a sense of something missing I think if I'm not doing something in this field of my passion Mm. I imagine that that passion which uh, uh to me feels like that fire you know when you feel creative and you feel excited and lit up by your work you can bring that energy into mothering him as well whereas uh and it's almost like a form of duty or self-care to your to you to show up for your creativity and 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 I guess it's that thing where they say is where we want to show up as as parents uh and role model what we want our children to do so Mm. Uh, in doing that you're able to say hey you know women can have careers women can have businesses it's okay if mum is not always here and that's actually yeah that's that I guess that's what you show him as well and um yeah yeah it's um I I can't imagine how you do it I really really honor you for uh, making some of the decisions that you've had to to make and knowing what's priority and business is not an easy thing. It takes a lot of energy and I definitely think that if you're going to go into business and maybe you can share something similar as well that go into it knowing that it's going to change your life situation and I obviously don't have children that I'm looking responsible for, but I do have a partner and the fact that we both work at home together, that our hours can be a bit erratic. Um, yeah. If, if you're open to that, then business is for you. Uh, but if you want to be there hundred percent of the time for that other person, then uh, sometimes it, that, that sort of structure is not right as well. So mm. yeah. It's just navigating what's right for you. And that's the, that's the one thing that I would say is really honor that and choose from that, that place. Yeah. Because everybody, you can do it a million ways. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, Clancy, it's been wonderful to chat to you as always. I knew, I knew this conversation was going to go deep and there was going to be a lot of heart and soul in your answers. So I thank you so much for honestly sharing all of your wisdom and your journey and being really honest with that. And uh, the work that you do is just incredible. So thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Rubes. Big heartfelt thank you.